This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome to the Mess It Up Podcast. I'm the Bowtie Guy. Christine can't talk because she's laughing because I messed the last one up. I'm here with the uh, biker chick, Christina, and we have a special guest today, uh, Christian author Phil Jornalis, who is visiting us from uh, up north in Northern California, and we're just really happy to have him here. Nice to be here. Uh, Our word of the week this week is doppelganger, which is a mythical creature that looks like someone else. So they say everybody has a doppelganger out there. Sometimes you'll see a person like, that person looks exactly like whoever. It's fun to play the doppelganger game. It's a mythical creature? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. You think it's a real creature? That's not computing. Because when they say doppelganger, isn't it... Somebody who looks like you or somebody well, who it's, resembles it's, you? It's, it's, they take it because of the creature named a doppelganger. Like a dragon is a mythical creature, and then they say person's acting like a dragon. So it's been applied mm. to a person from the mythical creature, the See, doppelganger. I've always heard it's like someone who Looks, resembles you. Yes, right. yes, because a doppelganger would go and resemble their person and take their place. Kind of like the evil twin on a soap opera. But that's what the doppelganger's skill was, was being able to transmute themselves into mm. someone else's Transmute. Thing. Yeah. That's a good word. It's not the word of the oh, week, though. You're impressing yeah. me right now. So anyhow, that's the word of the week is doppelganger. Doppelganger. I have, I have several doppelgangers. Do you? Yeah. About three billion oh. in Asia, you know, all Asians look alike, so. Phil's Asian, and so, you know, he's making Asian jokes. We're trying not to. If you are uh, offended by that, please um, forgive us. I am Asian. So Email. Yeah, Info email at messituppodcast.com and mess us up. We'll forward that to uh, Phil for you. So, Phil, you grew up in Ridgecrest, but tell us just a little brief history of your life so that the uh, listeners can get an idea of who they're listening to here. Brief history of my life? That is such a broad question, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, brief, brief, brief. Where so you grew up in uh, the Ridgecrest area? Yeah, yeah. And uh, did school, and then what did you do with your life after you got done with high school? Wow, you want to start back there, Paul? Sure. This is crazy stuff. Okay. Because well, you're young to me. All right, well, I went to college, a lot of college. Didn't know what I was going to do for the longest time, so I was in college for probably, no, I was going to say seven, but I've been in college since a couple of years ago. So we're talking about from 18 to, what, 33-ish? Compute the math there. Yeah, 20 uh, of years. Yeah. And uh, what do you do now? Now I'm over at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I'm learning what it is like to be a revivalist. Yeah. Oh, I'm too far from the mic. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. If you're listening, That's could really you hear me now? now. <laughs> could you hear me now, listener? <laughs> So, so you're at Bethel School of Supernatural yeah. Ministry, and you're at Phil School of Mess with Microphones. Yeah, yes, sir. Doing well yes, in sir. both. I'm doing excellent in the latter. And what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I want to be a Jesus freak. Oh, nice. Yeah, absolutely. You are not one now because I've known you for a while. And well, I've you know, you to not be a Jesus freak. We only go from glory to glory, so I, I just want greater levels of freak in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you wrote the book. <laughs> Um, how long ago did you uh, begin? How long? I mean, what was the process? Did it the just book. happen? The book. Do we have the, a, a title should, to it? Yeah, the book does have a title. It's a long title, mm-hmm. but it is called "His Love Is Like," and then there's a blank, and it's illustrations on the insanity of God's desire. I love that insanity mm-hmm. part of it. I love the, the one of the things that I love about you, and that 
people that I know, like my in-laws talked about when they met you, just the Jesus freak aspect. You're not trying to make it pretty or eloquent. It's just like, you know, God can be weird and you embrace that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So why write the book? Hmm. Well, I mean, it really does start at the beginning of my life. Um, I didn't have a compassionate, loving dad, at least from, from my vantage point. It, was, it, was, it wasn't really seen. I mean, he was there, he was present, but he really wasn't present, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, so growing up, I, I didn't know what love looked like. You know, and as we have probably all heard before, we were made for love. Mm -hmm. I like the saying, you know, birds are made for flying. We were made for love. Um, so if we don't have love, if, if love is not coming into our, our tank, then we're constantly looking for it. Um, so I searched, 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 um, ended up in really horrible relationships, ended up looking for dads. Mm -hmm. Lots of dads. Didn't even know I was doing it, but you know, subconsciously I was looking for a connection with a father figure. Um, I went through probably a dozen of fathers in my life and, and got disappointed from pretty much every single one of them. They either left me, they disappointed me somehow. It, it was just really, really rough on me. And so um, by the time I, I'm writing this book, I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a mess, you know. I went to theology school. I got my brain all connected to a lot of this book stuff, you know. I, I know the Bible well to a certain degree, but there's there was still something kind of messed up inside of me, mm -hmm. and so I went out on a quest. You know, I was like, God, what is this love thing? You know, I hear love at church all of the time, but it's still not making sense, because when other people use it, even when pastors use it. I used to serve in the church, as, as you know, Paul, for, for several years, and a lot of my pastors let me down after saying, Phil, I love you, Phil, I love you, Phil, I love you. Phil. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I don't, I don't understand what this love thing is, because you say you love me, but then you abandon me. Mm -hmm. You say you love me, and then you betray me. This doesn't make any sense. So I had to go to the source of all love and just say, God, what the heck is this? And that led me to write this book. Um, Funny thing is, is God, God gave me answers that I wasn't expecting. He does that. Yeah. yeah. Well, which was which was a really good thing because Absolutely. everything that I did expect, ah, you know, it was yuck. Well, that's for me. That's where the exploration. That's where the learning is. Because if I'm getting what I'm expecting, mm -hmm. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just staying where I am. You know, I I, I know this, so I'll just stay and I'll be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it might be nice. But there's no growth in it. But when I get new and, and stretch out, it's new experience. And mm -hmm. that can be scary, but that's where the excitement is. You know, yeah. that's where the joy is. That's where the where the love is. Mm -hmm. Is in those new experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And and even in my old experiences, you know, like I had a person yesterday I was having coffee with, and they said that they really admired my wife and I. And I was like, well, why? They said because I've not seen a couple that's been married as long as you guys that shows love like that. It just seems like you grow apart. I was like, well, every morning is just, I get to be with my best friend. You know, it's just like, let's find the new in this and, and just go nuts. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's super cool. Um, yeah. Love, love can be perceived so many different ways. You, well, you talk about that in the book, the different style, I don't want to say styles of love, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the different, the aspects of how, 
speaking about the words "I love you," right. "I like you," mm -hmm. I, you know, and yeah. how different languages translate that or, yeah. or do that. Mm -hmm. Well, where did that idea come from for you? Well, I went to a school in Texas that had a lot of uh, it had a lot of internationals over there, and and so. I wanted to know, it just hit me all of a sudden. I was like, I, I wanna know what I love you is in your language. And um, every time I had a, this conversation with, I don't know, I, I talked to Chileans, I talked to Chinese people, I, I talked to uh, um, Dutch people, I talked to people from um, Germany, you know, from all over the world. And they all told me, you know, their the translation of um, three different types of love. I love you. Um, I like you or I'm in love with you. And so I, I got the translation for all of them. And then I asked them right after um, this question, do you have a certain order for these? You know, do you say it differently than us? Because in English, I like you is, is kind of like at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I love you is kind of a little bit more. And then I'm in love with you is like, I'm astounded by you. I'm, I'm thrilled by you. My heart beats when I'm around you. Um, do you guys have any, any system like that? And they all told me something different, every single one of them. Um, in Spanish, particularly, a lot of people know Spanish, um, you, would never, you would actually never say, I love you, unless you were a family member or you were... Um, or you were a spouse, and even then, you only say it so often. Uh, a much, a much used, "I love you" would actually warrant a pair of raised eyebrows. Like, are you trying to fish something out of me? Like, what what's going on? You don't need to tell me right. that I, I. You don't have to tell me I love you that many times. It's okay. Over here, we water it down. So, um, this is actually one of the issues that I bumped into. Uh, while writing this book, it was like, okay, our language actually shapes the way we think about love. So let's go into that. Um, further on, I, I bumped into metaphors. I, I watched a TED Talk by a woman named Mandy Lynn Catron. You love TED Talks? I do. It I wrecked me. Freak. Yeah. It was so good. I, I definitely recommend that one. Um, What's her name again? Her name is Mandy Lynn Catron. Okay. I think I'm saying that right. Mandy, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry if I'm tearing up your name. Please come on and, and correct us. Yes. I'd love to have <laughs> She talks about the odd metaphors that we use in describing this encounter with love. And, <laughs> wow, you know, we, we, we use words like, like falling. You know, right? We yeah. we want to fall in love, and it's weird because we never actually ever want to fall. And, and some people are like, "Okay, well, Phil, you know, you could you could fall out of an airplane." No, you don't fall out of an airplane. You jump. jump. You willingly yeah. jump out of an yeah, airplane. Yeah, or someone shoves you. Yeah, I, I, you could fall bungee jumping. You're bungee jumping. Like yeah. you're you're choosing to do that. Falling is a a passive action that that you never want to have happen to you. Right. You know, so um, this gets you, you, you to question, like, why do we use this kind of language? Um, other words are like crazy. I'm crazy in love. I'm madly in love. I'm insanely in love. I'm smitten. Okay, so crazy is, is already, it's already, I don't know. It's so, it's so used today that we don't, we don't really turn our... Our heads. Right. We're not like, wow, someone yeah. actually said crazy love. But you think about it. I mean, we're, we're using terminologies that, that describe and diagnose illness. 
right. to describe something that we want. That we want, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's actually good. So why do we do that? Um, and smitten, the, <laughs> the crazy thing about smitten is it's the past participle of the word smite. Smite, right. Which is the word used to describe God's wrath upon his people in Exodus. So why do we want to be smitten? You know, this actually gets you to start um, understanding the, the wiring underneath your heart sometimes. For me, for instance, I, I did a lot of girls in, in high school, lots, you know, and I would always validate my being in love with them by how much I pulled my hair out. Mm-hmm. You know, if they could get me like seriously crazy, I wouldn't know that I was in love with them. If, if I could bang my head on the head by the time we broke up, I could justify my being in love. I could justify our relationship to my friends. Like, we should have been together because look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Right. I am horrible right now, and this is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, well, we're going to jump in, and I, yeah. we're going to bust in real quick, just give a break. Uh, with our song of the week, I'm going to throw this out there, uh-huh. uh, and we'll come back and talk about the book a little bit more on the other side of the break. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, song of the week this week is uh, one that I was thinking about, heard it on the radio. It's called "Move" by Toby Mac. So play just a little bit, and we'll be back after the break. I know your prayers ain't been answered yet. I know you're feeling like you got nothing left. Well, lift your head. It ain't over yet. Ain't over yet. So move, keep walking. So the part of that song that really hits me is that word yet. I love the word yet. This song hit me when I was feeling like giving up and the idea of it's not over yet. Mm. Don't give up. Keep moving. You've got somewhere to go. God's here. He hasn't answered your prayer yet. And that made a huge difference in my life just knowing. Okay, just because I'm not getting it right now, like you talked about the immediacy of the healing but sometimes I get this slow burn healing and this moving through the steps. It's not just the one-step program for me. It's a 12-step program. And that idea of yet is really important in my recovery mm-hmm. because I want stuff now. Kind mm-hmm. of microwave kind of guy. You know, bowtie guy, microwave guy. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I love the one line in here. It says, he'll get you through this. Mm. Nowhere does it say, I'm going to get through this or I've got this or <laughs> it's on me. I'll be fine. It's he'll get you through this. Yeah, and it's a together because it's not, okay, God's going to be, you know, 
get through this and he'll let you know what happens. Mm -hmm. It's together. Right. And these are the promises, the promises of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Aren't they beautiful? They are good. Yeah. Just like your faces today. Aww. Oh, right today? Back. Gotcha. Yeah, just, just today. today for you. <laughs> just today. Yes. Yeah, yes. It's always Tomorrow, that last word of the we sentence. We might have to have a discussion. Yeah. So uh, the book. <laughs> if you if you look at the book, and the book is available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Is it mm -hmm. available other places? I know you can get a paperback version of it as well. Yeah. Everything is actually sold on Amazon currently. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it on Apple Books at all? Or? It's not. No. Not. Okay. I'm exclusively with. Exclusively with Amazon. Yeah, Amazon right now. Nice. Yeah. That might change in a couple of months but currently that's where we're at okay so. fantastic so how long did it take you to write this book it took roughly a year okay to did, write it, this did book. it flow pretty well or was it stop define start? flow <laughs> 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 you know the, the writing process is is uh it's pretty crazy you know you go to your computer one day and it flows out of you it mm -hmm. just flows out flows out flows out you feel like you have this great connection with god you feel like you're a great orator and then the next day you get up and you can't even write a sentence it's like what happened mm -hmm. what happened here? my biggest problem when i'm writing is i'll go and i'm like okay i'm stopping <laughs> and then how do i continue yeah and so i have to write myself a note you're gonna say this next because <laughs> I forget. Yeah, I'm like trying yeah. to get back into that. Notes are, are that definitely like necessary. The jump rope thing. In the process. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I am unfamiliar with. Very nice. Um, so, yo, yeah. <laughs> Every time I go to talk, Paul says something. I'm an idiot. Um, oh, you're an idiot, but you're no, a you're great not. idiot. Oh, I'm that you idiot. You are that idiot. Yes. A beautiful yeah. one. It, Irks me when Paul calls himself an idiot, by yeah, the stop. way. But wow. stop it's just the way he, he continues to do it. Mm -hmm. and so, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm purpose. gonna hit him. Yeah. I'm going to physical assault. Um, so Phil, in your book, you talk about insanity mm -hmm. being, um, you know, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Yeah. that's a big thing we talk about in recovery mm. and getting out of that insanity. Mm -hmm. But in your book. You refer to it as a beautiful thing when you connect it with God's love. Mm -hmm. Can you touch on that a little bit for me? Yeah, insanity is something you probably want to stay away from. So, guys, if you are insane out there, try to try to get un unsane. Get insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some help. Uh, unless you're crazy in love, like like Jesus. Um, so, yeah, God is he's nuts. He's nuts. I was just talking about these metaphors um, that we use, these, these crazy metaphors that we use. But really, when you look at God and his affections for us, when you, you, you look at his desire, when you look at how he chases us down, it, it really is insane. It really is insane. Yeah. I mean, he, he literally leaves the 99 to find the one. Don't how I love that, that song? How is that the thing now? I mean, I've noticed that that is like... I'm hearing that everywhere, and I don't know if yeah. I've just been ignoring it, mm -hmm. but I'm hearing that so much because yeah. that's what he did for me. I was wandering. I was lost, and he found me. He brought me in, put me right in the middle of that eye of that storm, and mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm so hypersensitive to that concept mm -hmm. right now, but it just feels like it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what good father would actually do that, you know? Like, what, what could, if you had 99 kids... And one went off to um, right. a far out country. Yeah. I mean. See ya. I got to take care of the rest of these people. Yeah. I mean, that would be the wisest thing to do. And in fact, if you are that father, take care of your kids. You're not God. Yeah. But God is God. And so I he can leave the 99 to, to find the one. But still insane when you think about it on those terms. It's like, why? Yeah. 
it's it, just it, it paints such a beautiful picture of importance how important you really are that mm -hmm. one individual that yeah. may not be where mm -hmm. they're they're supposed to be and god's so faithful he's gonna go chase after you mm -hmm. with reckless abandon yeah yeah i yeah i have a, a line in the book um that describes your value um you're about to get to it i think um and what do i say let's see i should know my own well, I was book, about right? to be That's extremely a... impressed because I... I can't remember the stuff I said three minutes ago. <laughs> I can't remember the stuff I wrote yeah, 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 in yeah. the book. Uh, I say this. You were, at, you were appraised at a level so high that only God could purchase your full worth. Yes. Mm. Only God could. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. So we need to get out of that the idea that we're, we're despicable, that we're disgusting. Yes, that okay. whole so, go. <laughs> you just one of my biggest pet peeves about churchy-ish uh -huh. things is when they just pound into you mm -hmm. that you're a worthless sinner. Yeah. Saved by grace. Yes. And it's like, no, I'm pretty sure when God made me, he said I was good. Yes, right. And that's where I started yes. from. I didn't start from this sinful, broken person. God said, you know what, this is my child. My child is good. Mm -hmm. And that's where I wish the church would start from as well is no these aren't just you're not just horrible despicable people yeah. like you're beautiful child children of god mm -hmm. i like to speak about me so yeah I come on christina that's needs. what i'm talking about no that's good stuff i yeah. agree completely it, yeah it, it it just frustrates me beyond belief mm -hmm. there's a lot of frustrations i mean i i can't wait till you know my activist yeah. christina gets on the streets one of these days because there's just so many things. I was talking to Paul on a previous podcast, um, and my kids, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. I talked to so many people. I just feel like I, I tell Paul everything. Um, <laughs> but a, a couple that I know is going through some stuff right now, and they are not married. They are mm -hmm. living together. They've been that way for a couple years now. And um, they've just come to Christ. Mm -hmm. One of them has just come to Christ. Wow. The other one's been in church for a while. And the churches in there ripping them apart. You have to you have to separate everything. You have to segregate mm. everything. You have to rip apart your lease, rip apart your car, rip apart this. They're not teaching them how to communicate. Right. They're not teaching them Connection. how to love. They're not teaching them to seek God first. Right. Don't seek God first mm. and then abide by what he prompts your heart to right. do. Right. You do these by this rule book. Mm. And you fix yourself first it, before you come here. It makes yeah. me, yes, it makes me want to scream mm. because I'm like, no, can you please... Please just, what does your devotion time with God look like mm -hmm. as a couple? Yeah. What does your you know prayer life look like together as a couple? What are you guys doing to bring God into this mm -hmm. more and more every day? Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, you're awful, you know, yeah, you're I, sick, go to the hospital and then come back. They didn't you know, put all those stories about Christ with all these people to show that there's bad people. <laughs> what am I? I was actually talking to this couple, and I was yeah. like, you know, do you think when that girl came and was my favorite story in the Bible is the simple woman, when she is weeping at the feet of Jesus and washing his feet with her tears, mm -hmm. do you think he kicked her in the face and called her a whore and told her to get off? No. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and that he, wasn't so that we could see that there were those rotten people, and right? So we could see that love. The love. And, and we yes. look at the, we like the discipline. We hate the love. It feels like it's mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, yes. Why is that? It Why doesn't do make any think? sense at all. We live in an inquirer world. Because, 
everybody says that God gets all the glory. So if he gets all the glory, then we can't have any. But the Bible actually says that we were made for his glory, mm-hmm. that what we do is actually glorious unto him. Yes, it all goes, but we are made in his image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I like what Chris Valentin teaches over at Bethel concerning the subject of, of humility, you know, um, and he describes it actually in, in kind of an artistic sense. He says, if you are the painting, the proverbial painting in life, mm-hmm. and, and the father is the artist, and the, and, and the son is the model, what happens when you actually discriminate? Well, what happens when you actually uh, you speak horrible words to the painting? We'll just bring up an example right now. If you painted <laughs> right now, Christina, mm-hmm. You know, you were painting on a canvas right now, and I said, that is ugly. That is absolutely ugly. What am I actually saying about you? That I'm a horrible painter. That you're a horrible artist. And God does not make junk. Oh, word. So when you actually say these these horrible words about yourself, you're actually calling God a bad artist, a God a bad creator, that what he actually made was junk. Um, There's another thing that I learned in the last couple of years. Do you all hear that? That that was a good word. (laughs) That was a good word. There's actually another another way to look at it that that completely messed me up in the last couple of years. Um, To actually say that you are anything that, that is not God, Godly, is to actually take God's name in vain. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we we know that you know the oh my gods and the you know the other words that are like oh my gosh that's mm-hmm. not that's not what we do in the Christian okay right we actually take the Lord's name in vain more often than not because I mean if we we recall in Exodus um, where Moses is having this conversation with God. Who does God actually reveal himself as? I am. Mm. So when you say I am old, too old, too outdated, I'm gross, I am, I'm stupid. I'm fat. I'm um, fat. You're actually, yes, you're damaging yourself, but you're also taking his name in vain because to say I am is to address him. You Think ad- on that for a minute. You should see mine and Paul's faces right now. We're like blown away. Yeah. So to say I am an idiot is actually really detrimental, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pause every time I want to say words that that will, will put me down. Right. That's that's good. It, I went on a, a path of mm-hmm. getting myself out of that selfish, bad, negative talk. Mm-hmm. And... Um, trying to see myself from a different perspective because what I, the perspective I had for myself about myself was just so negative. And, um, so my journey was, I love my best friend. I love her dearly. Mm -hmm. I would never walk up to her and say something negative or crude. And so I took that approach with myself. If I wouldn't say it to my best friend, I'm not going to say it to myself. Mm -hmm. And if we look at it, God's even more than that. Yeah. You know, and if I wouldn't say it about God, and it's kind of putting that in perspective for me now, mm-hmm. is the view I have of God is so beautiful and so wonderful and so powerful. I would never speak to God the way that I spoke to myself. Yeah. And so for you to make that connection of the fact that every time we do say, I am this, you are bringing God into a picture mm-hmm. about yourself. 
And what does that picture look like? That's right. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. And I'm going to bring a total, another author into this conversation because I just read a book, um, The Guy Who Did the Shack. William yes. Paul Young. Yes, yes. He's Great got a book. book called Lies We Believe About God. Mm. And he's got, he's set my brain kind of on, he's messed me up. Um, <laughs> because he's, he plays on on words and what those words mean and mm. the connotations behind them and, and what that means. And so he goes through this book and he talks about different lies that we tell ourselves. Mm. And one of them is God wants to use me. Mm. And he talks about if we look at the definition of use (laughs) (laughs) and what that means, you know? Yeah. And so I'm really reminded of his book as you go through this because he addresses a lot of that. Mm. You know, do we, especially somebody, I am a sexual abuse survivor. And so the last thing I want is to be used by somebody because that connotate, you know, or the connotation behind that is it's going to be used and thrown away. It's going to be used and it's no longer good or it's going to, you know, and so hearing that God wants to use me kind of has always made me mm-hmm. kind of bristle up a little bit. And so he goes through his book and he talks about that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we wouldn't want to use our children, right? right? No, no, not we, at all. We want so much more from them mm-hmm. than right. that. And so as you're going through, I'm very wordy. I love the different aspects of words and what they speak into mm-hmm. our hearts. And so that book kind of reminds me of your angle yeah, on, on where you're how we look at things, how we define things, how we let those things define us wow. and and God. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to pick that up. I hadn't thought book. about that idea of used and then done. You're discarded. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I used this and now I'm done with it. That, that's Paper towel. Oh. Yeah. yeah. God wants <laughs> to, to partner with I, us. I know people who dry them out and reuse them. So. <laughs> no. Yes, you use man. toilet paper too. Yeah. So um, one of the first things that struck me about your book, Phil, is the titles of the chapter. I, just, <laughs> yeah. I oh, love yes. that. And that's such a Phil thing. Uh, chapter one is his love is like, and then, you know, the, the chapter's a blank. And his love is like a bad word. Uh, chapter two, his love is like a horrible business decision. His love is like <laughs> taking a bullet for someone less qualified. His love is like being in love with a prostitute. Part one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one had to have two chapters. That one issued two. Part two, sure. obviously. Um, and this is the one that I really have. His love is like inviting your killer to dinner. And it's, you, <laughs> yeah. you use in that, you use the 23rd Psalm. And I've heard you speak about this before. And I was mm-hmm. so glad that it was in the book as well. But can you just talk real quick about that idea of setting the table? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That is, is absolutely absurd. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I had right. a meeting just this week, and I was like, okay, it's going to be awkward mm-hmm. because there's some some friction and some tension, and I don't want to be there. I just want to run from it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you run away from danger. You don't embrace it. it, it that that is absolutely insane. It, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. So um, a, a lot of theologians like to take that to say that you know David was. Uh, David was bragging about what he had in front of his enemies. And that's, no, if you look at the biblical narrative, if you look at the entire Bible, that is not, that is not what God is saying. Um, God is saying that um, he wants connection. He yes. wants connection even with enemies. Yes, he does. This brings the whole topic of, of reconciling into the picture. Um, the, the image here in chapter 6 is that <laughs> Jesus... 
oh my gosh, Jesus, okay, of, of all people, is this sinless man. He finds this, this guy off of the streets, this, this man named Judas Iscariot, and he says, he says, I want you to follow me. I don't think we ever think about that. Like, he knew the entire time. Yes. Mm-hmm. He knew what the end of the story was going to be. He knew. He, he's God. He knows. So he's, he says to Judas, yeah, I want you to follow me. The next thing he does, I want, you, I want you to become my treasurer. What? You want to handle, you want to handle our finances, Jesus, with this guy? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Okay? Makes him a treasurer. Takes him around, teaches him how to, to do the signs and, and wonders. Even Judas Iscariot was laying hands on people right. and, and getting them healed. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff. Right. You know, we don't think about that because we never talk about Judas. Judas is just the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Not only that, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus invites his killer to dinner, mm-hmm. washes his killer's feet, and then gives him the honored seat at the table. Mm-hmm. The honored seat at the table. And right. doesn't rat him out. And doesn't rat him out. Mm-hmm. At all, Jesus had so many what I call outs in the book. You know, he, he could have fled the scene. He he could have right. he could have taken Judas away at any given time. But it was as if Jesus, up until his betrayal, said, "You know what? I'm I'm not going to give up on you. Wow. I am not going to give up on you. My love for you is this great. You have a chance, Judas. You have a chance. Just just repent. Just turn towards me, and we can make this happen. And we and I'm always story. related to that Judas character because of the places that I've been. You know, I felt more like Judas at times in my life than any of the other disciples because mm-hmm. of the betrayals that I've done to Jesus, mm-hmm. to my family, to friends, to coworkers, to whomever. And just that idea of, I know what we're going to do. Let's just sit down and eat. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not very Bible knowledgey kind of. It person. sounds like you are. What happens? <laughs> I'm really not. What happens to Judas after that? He runs and dies. He commits suicide. Yep. Yeah, yeah. After he after he betrayed Jesus. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know suicide was in the Bible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not a pretty one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. He hung himself. Yeah, uh, and, and then, then some other other another book says that he, he splattered. Yeah, which basically. I'm guessing is the dead body after the decay. Yeah, that's yeah. what a lot of people think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was not great. Like, that's great. Not great. Yeah. Huh. But I'm I remember gonna, one of the. Really, I'm gonna ruminate on that one for ooh, a while. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Please do. One of the moving parts <laughs> of my rebirth of my Christianity after I got out of jail was. Um, about a year after I got out of jail, I was invited to be in a church production. Uh, it was a Living Lord's Supper, and they asked me to be Judas, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but each, in, this, in this production, it was each of the disciples at the table at the Last Supper, you know, Da Vinci's painting, gets up and just talks a soliloquy, and they talk about, am I the one? Because of the uh, question, is it I? Mm-hmm. And in Judas's, I was just like, it, it messed me up real bad, and it, people were like, wow, you did such a great job. I was like, you know, I was, I was talking to you, you people. In the yeah, that was, I wasn't <laughs> Judas. I was, I was me, because I could wow. just see that. How have I done this? And he's still, still, he loves me. Yeah, insanely. 
You know, I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours, yeah. <laughs> literally. Right. But, but it is time. It is. Yeah. And I know we had a couple of questions, and so we're just going to kind of rapid fire these and um, see what you say. Ready? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. If you could have one hour, a one-hour conversation with any famous person, dead or alive. Oh man. Who would this it be? This question. Who would it be, dead or alive? Yeah. Other than Jesus, because probably everybody says that on this podcast. We, oh, you, you're the first. You're the you first can one start off. Question too. Yeah. So yeah. you can have the, all the questions have oh. been taken. But oh, wow. keep in mind, you can talk to Jesus anytime you want, anyhow. Truth. Yeah. Oh, someone That's who's right. dead. Someone who's dead. Someone who's dead. You know, um, actually, I I would like to talk to some of the old revivalists. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I would like to talk to some of the old revivalists uh, of, of, of the past, you know, um, people like John G. Lake or Smith Wigglesworth. I mean, these guys. Do that one. Smith Wigglesworth. Oh, my gosh. That guy had crazy I've never heard faith. Of him, but I love that name. Oh my gosh. I mean this guy this guy threw babies, like dead babies, and they came back to life. Wow. Yeah. I wanted to I want to know what was going on through his wow. mind sure. as he was doing I mean, we talk about we just talked about prophetic acts before the show. Right. Talk about that. I that kind of I mean that's that's actually offensive. You know, yeah. he did things he did things that were so outside of the box. I mean he punched he punched a woman and they would get healed. You know, I'm, I know it sounds awful. It sounds super awful, but... But the end result's good. The end result <laughs> good. Yeah. was good. No, you can't heal me, Christine. I was like, can I punch you, yeah. Paul? <laughs> so, so a part of me is just like, what was going on through your head? But then, you know, on the other hand, I, I like John G. Lake. I mean, the, that guy was just solid. He opened up tons of healing homes in Spokane, Washington, started revivals in, in, in South, South Africa. You know, I, I would just love to sit down and, and talk to him about, you know... Um, what the flow of the spirit was like through the entire journey, you know? See, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's what I was hoping to get out of that question was, now I get to look into those people and see what it's all about. Yeah. Kind of pick into that. Come on. Do you make your bed each day? I do. I actually do. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time. I can't say all of the time, but I'd say about 90% of the time. If we go right now, is the bed made? No. No, it is not. Because it's not my bed. <laughs> Wait a minute. You only make your bed? Pretty much, yeah. So this brings me back to the whole idea of the public bathroom. Right. That's what I thought about when you said that. Um, Dogs or cats? Uh, Dogs. I like cats too, but they can be allergic. They can be allergic, man. He's allergic to cats. Yeah. Yeah, They make my eyes itch like crazy. Not all of us. I pull my eyes out every time I'm around a cat. (laughs) Boy, so... What's yeah. the big idea? Well, the mess this week was this whole idea of love and what it is. And the message is that love is everything. What I it mean, is. Love is, it is what it is. I mean, love is everywhere. Love is so insane. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love is so love does. Uh, I love Bob Goff. Do that you book know is who pretty Bob? good. Yeah, yeah. I read, I read his read new one. I love. Chapter have you read three his new one? Love does. No, I have not. Oh, you got to. Yeah, I, I have that story of of the, the guy that gets married. You know, I've not been. It's been a long, oh, yeah. It's been a long time since I've read Love yeah. Does. So. Yeah, listener, you gotta read chapter three of of, of, of Bob, Bob Goff's go. Love Does. It's, it's so good. Okay. Excellent. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for sticking <laughs> with us. Uh, we went a little bit long, but if it wasn't worth it. As always, double your money back uh, guarantee, so just email me at bowtieguy 
at messituppodcast.com and um, we'll get you hooked up. And if you have anything to say about Paul, just email bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. Uh-huh, nice. <laughs> and if you've got general questions, please uh, email us at info at messituppodcast.com. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud. Please go to Amazon and uh, check out the book by Phil Journalis. Journalis is J-O-U-R- No, you. J-O-R-N- Spell your name. <laughs> Jornalis, J-O-R-N-A-L-E-S. There it is. And we, we will have in the show notes. And it will um, be in the show notes. And where do you find the show notes? I was going to say it if you'd be quiet for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to happen. If you go to messituppodcast.com, there are show notes there. We put a link to Phil's book on there. We'll put a link to uh, Mr. William Paul Young's book on there. Uh, Bob we'll have all probably kinds get of one. books. The, uh, the song of the week will be there. But check us out. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. And we hope to mess you up. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.